glory. You were handcrafted with this purpose. Not created as simply decoration, no. He had something more extravagant in mind when you were made. Designed with a divine intent that your life, your worship, your purpose would all point to something. A desire that you would be greater with this entrusted purpose than you could ever be on your own. Every fibre of your being has been planned for this purpose. You were made for glory. How we doing? Yeah? <clears throat> Come on, keep that going. Welcome all the campuses. We love you guys at all of your campus locations. Garner, Sanford, North Raleigh, Hillsboro, Columbia, Kenya, Internet, all those good things, and the coffee house, all of that. You guys doing good? Yeah. Hey, I am, um, I'm kind of under the weather, and my throat is uh, already going. I felt it going last uh, message, so if it's okay with you, I'm going to preach with a cough drop in my mouth. Is that cool? Hey, you see this over here? Look what we got here. We have a birthday cake. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, oh, look at the camera people do their job. Happy birthday with a church logo and New Hope Church. And we got a one and a five on the cake. And I thought what we would do, we don't always do this. In fact, um, I don't think we've done this in a long time. Maybe early, early on in the history of this church. I thought we would sing happy birthday. And I thought I would lead you in a solo of happy birthday. Nah. But I did call uh, Pastor Fuller. I'll give it up for this guy right here. Love this brother. Now, <clears throat> earlier today, I had him practice. Earlier this morning, we were here. You weren't even out of bed yet. And um, he, he practiced, and he sang it very, like, silky smooth, like, mm. like sexy. Like he was singing it to his wife or something. Whoa. And I was like, no, Fuller, we got we to pick it up a little bit. This is a celebration. So um, what you got for us? All right, man. That was my Marilyn Monroe voice. But we're gonna Marilyn Monroe. All right, everybody sing it out. Sing it with him. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear New Hope. Happy birthday to you. supposed to make a wish, but I don't believe in that. We pray. We're believers. So let's pray. Lord God, thank you for 15 years. Thank you for this church. It is your church. And God, we are honored that you would include us in your story. Would you pour out your Holy Spirit upon us today? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. You want some cake? I know you want some cake. When you leave here today, we have literally bought like 6,000 cake pops. Homemade cake pops are waiting for you when the service is over. If you leave early, though, 
we would never think about giving you a cake pop. So stay to the end. And no joke, I'm not kidding. We have, a, we have a lady in this church who owns a cake pop company. And they're some of the best cake pops I've ever had. So we have those waiting for you. Open up your Bibles. Come on. 2 Corinthians 3. Let's jump right into it today. 2 Corinthians 3. Can I just say to you, as you're finding that in your Bibles or in your Fibles, right? Your phone Bibles. Um. Seriously, it has been the greatest honor of my life to start this church and know you and love you and serve you. I have been so blessed and so just honored to, to be in this movement with you. And I thank you, but I'm, what I'm really doing is clapping for you. You really have... And I, my wife is over here to my right, your left. I know she feels the same exact way. We are just honored to be here. I'm going to choke on this cough drop. I can feel it. <coughs> I'm not used to preaching with a cough drop in my mouth. If I suck, on, if, I, if I suck, if, <laughs> did I just say that? If, if, <laughs> if I suck on this cough drop and start choking and fall down about to die, no one is able to give me mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation except my wife. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, um, <laughs> 2 Corinthians 3, my voice is fading fast. Everybody say glory. glory. Everybody say glory again. Glory. Now, everybody say glory to glory. glory, to glory. In 2 Corinthians 3, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church where? At? Corinth. And he's doing some amazing work with scripture. He's actually looking all the way back to Exodus 33 and Exodus 34. And if you know that scripture, that's the scripture of Moses going up the mountain, spending time with God, coming down from the mountain and having the what? Glory all over him. And we're singing that song these days. We just sang it glory to glory. And so we're going to pick up, we're going to read the entire chapter, maybe not all of it, but it's a short chapter, 2 Corinthians 3, 1 through 6. If you love the word of the Lord, let me hear an amen. amen. Here we go. Are we beginning to commend ourselves? That's just a great place to start right there. Paul just says right out of the get-go, there is no room for pride here. Are we beginning to commend ourselves? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our what? Known and read by who? You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone... I love this imagery, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves. But our competence comes from who? From God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills. But the Spirit 
does what? Gives life. I love this imagery that you are becoming, I am becoming letters written not on tablets, but written on one another's hearts so that the world might see and give God all the what? Glory. I love the fact that Paul says, written on hearts, read and known by who? Did you catch it? Everyone. I don't know that I could have read this passage the same way 15 years ago. In fact, I know I couldn't have. And I probably couldn't have 10 years ago or 5 years ago. But the truth is, I must let you know that I believe this passage really connects with us today because I believe you, faithful community of New Hope Church, you are becoming known by everyone in this area. I hear this. I see a lot of your heads shaking right now. Some of you invite people to New Hope Church, and here's what you tell me. They say, oh, I've heard of that church. I've been wanting to come. All of the magnets and the clings that are on your cars, everybody is starting to hear and know about New Hope Church. Now, we don't get prideful in that. Amen? We stay humble. It is all God. We are not competent in and of ourselves. It is all God. This is God's church. He's doing all the work. But the great thing about it is this is really becoming true. I went to a basketball game the other day, and as I was leaving the stadium, going back to my car, I had six people, six people grab me and say, hey, you're the pastor at New Hope Church. Man, I've heard what you guys are doing. Six. Some of them said they want to come. I went to Lens Crafters the other day, and on my way, just walked in the mall and out the mall, on my way in and out, three people grabbed me, three people, and said, hey, we've been wanting to come to New Hope Church. What I want to say to you today, and I hope it's an encouraging message, we are becoming known and read by everyone in the words of Paul. Not to our own popularity, not to our own fame, but to the glory of God. And I believe, I believe we are starting to experience what I've been saying for 15 years now. And here it is. I believe that if New Hope Church ceased to exist. Now I want you to think about that for a moment. I know that's hard to imagine and it's bad news. But just imagine... That if we ceased to exist next week or next year, would our communities miss us? Would our communities around our campuses miss us? I really do believe we are starting to get there and God deserves all the glory and all the praise that is rightly due. Come on, that is rightly due his holy name. He was in the beginning. He is in the beginning. He is in all things. He has been in the very center of this church since day one, and he will always be in the center of this church. Go to verse seven and look what Paul does here. Verse seven. Let's just keep digging into the text. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with what? So that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses. Now, if you've got your pen, right in the margin, Exodus 33 and Exodus 34. Came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory. Transitory, though it was. Moses' glory was transitory. It started in the Old Testament, but it was to transition into the New Testament and Christ. Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more what? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? 
For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory. Read that last part with me. How much greater is the glory which lasts. Everybody say glory. glory. Everybody say glory to glory. glory. I wanted to remind you on the very front end today that this church exists. Not for the glory of any mere man, not for the glory of Benji, not for the glory even of our church name, New Hope. This church exists. It was started 15 years ago to the glory and the honor of one. One who had nail-pierced hands. One who was crucified, dead, and buried. One who rose again. He is the one that gets all the glory and the praise. Amen. Amen. Let me see if I can let me see if I can teach it a little differently with an illustration. I want to give you a test. Test. How many of you like test? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I want to see how well you're going to do with knowing the names of these people. And I'm willing to bet you if I was a betting man, you're not going to know the names of these people. You might get one if you're lucky. How many of you know Jack Tinker and Partners? Yeah, that's what I thought. How many of you know, and I didn't know any of these either, right, until I read this. How many of you know Doyle Dane Bernbach? No, I didn't think so. How many of you know BBDO, also known as Foot, Cone, and Belding? I think I just, I think somebody just got one. How many of you know J. Walter Thompson? How'd you do? Not very good. Chances are you don't know anyone on that list except maybe the person over here. Advertising companies don't exist for their own name's sake. They don't exist to name themselves. Their purpose is to make the name for others. Let me take this a little bit deeper. Check this out. While you're probably not familiar with the companies, most likely you're familiar with this work. Come on, come on, come on. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. What a relief. That's the work of Jack Tinker and partners for Alka-Seltzer started in 1976. Check this out. We try harder was the slogan created for Avis Rent-A-Car by Doyle Dane Burnbeck in 1962. Here's one. Here's one. Check this out. Mmm, mmm, good. Huh? I just heard it. Any Campbell Soup fans in the house? That's the catchphrase designed by Campbell Soup by BBDO in 1935. Maybe you've never heard of foot, cone, and belting, but I bet you heard this motto. When you care enough to send the very best. Hallmark, men, Valentine's Day, two weeks away, little, little warning. <laughs> you may not know the name of J. Walter Thompson, but I guarantee you've hummed this jingle 
written for Kellogg's Snap, Crackle, Pop, Rice Krispies. You see, we can learn a lot from these advertising companies. They did not exist for their own name's sake. They did not exist for the popularity of any of the founders of these companies. They existed for that which they were promoting, that which they were cascading. We as a church, we do not exist for the popularity and the fame and the notoriety of any mere mortal, including Benji Kelly. We exist for the glory and the fame and the worship and the praise of Jesus Christ, Him crucified and Him alone. He is the one who is worthy. Go to verse 12. Verse 12, and I want to I call you out to do something bold today. I'm going to go ahead and let you know that's what I'm going to do. And I do it not on my own authority, but I do it on the authority of, of Holy Scripture, verse 12. And I want you to read this out loud with me really strong, like it's the word of the Lord. Amen? Ready? Go. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are... We are what? Now say it like you're bold. We are... Great job. We are not like Moses, continue with me, who put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away, but their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in, only in who? Is it taken away? Let's continue. You're doing so well. Verse 15. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is... Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... And we all... Who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Stop right there. I want you to contemplate the Lord's glory today. Like really ponder it. Really think about it. And really think about what is your participation in his glory. Another way to put it on Vision Day 15 is what is your role? What is your participation in the glory story that has been unfolding now here in Central North Carolina and now internationally. What is our role in the glory story that is unfolding before us today? Because the Bible says, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very, what did you catch it? We are very bold. So the Bible says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. I love this imagery. Are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Some of you still have your Bibles open. Who is the Spirit. Now, the veil is something that we find in the Old Testament, no doubt. And Paul is referring to it in 2 Corinthians 3. And maybe you've noticed that more and more people kind of are entering the country wearing veils these days. 
But in a biblical sense, the veil was a representation, a metaphor, if you will, to represent immaturity transitioning to maturity. So that's why Paul says only Christ can move the veil. So what I'm calling you to today is to allow Almighty God to lift the veil in your life, if you will. To maybe step into something bold, if you will. To maybe find your place in this story and do something very bold with me and with us in the days and years ahead. Verse 12, I want to throw it up there one more time so that you can read it with me really strong. Go. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are... Now, the way I'm going to do this today, the way I'm going to invite you, if my throat will hang in there to the end, the way I'm going to invite you to do something bold today is I'm going to teach you a timeless principle. A timeless what? A God-ordained principle that you find time and time again in the Bible and you find time and time again in the world in which we live. And here it is. You must feed that which feeds you. Mm. You must feed, say it with me, that which, one more time, you must Feed that which feeds you. It is a timeless principle. It is a cyclical principle that God has set up in this world from the very beginning. Some of you are looking at me like, you got to unpack that a little bit more. Here we go. Rain. Rain. Rain falls from the clouds. It falls from heaven. But do you know how rain comes back around again? We know God started the first rain, right? We can go all the way back to Genesis or maybe the flood, if you will, right? Rain falls. What happens when the rain falls? It fills the oceans and the ponds and the streams. And if any of you are farm folk, you got a water gauge at home. And it fills your water gauge. Now, that water in the ponds and the streams and the rivers, what does it do in time as the sun hits it? It evaporates. And as it evaporates, it rises back up to the heavens, if you will, to the clouds, along with humidity in the air. And it forms water droplets in the clouds. As the water droplets get bigger and bigger and heavier and heavier, soon that their mass is heavier than the upward spin, if you will, of wind going into the clouds, the moment it is heavier, the moment the water droplets accumulate so that they're big enough, they fall again. And you experience, I experience rain, snow, sleet, and ice. You must feed that which feeds you. Let me give you one more natural example, and then we're going to bring it home and make it personal. Your grass in your yard. Your grass grows in your yard or in most yards. <laughs> Some of you are like, I ain't got any grass. That's going to be my point. The grass grows. As the grass grows, the grass dies in the wintertime usually, right? Most grasses. And the nutrients, even as it grows, goes into the earth 
And that nutrient planting into the earth itself is what enables grass to grow yet again. If the grass takes more from the earth than it gives, you will have bald spots in your yard. And this is why some of us pay for lawn services because they help us do what? Put nutrients back into the earth. Follow me. A God-given principle, a cyclical principle that governs all of life, a principle of reciprocity is this. You must feed, church, that which what? Feeds you. You must encourage that which encourages you. You must bless that which blesses you. Let's bring it on down to the human experience. If you are in a marriage, hello, and all you do is take and take, remember, no elbowing of the spouse, and take and take, your marriage is doomed. If there is only one person in the marriage who is giving, your marriage is doomed. Let's take the fact that you're here and your wife might, can I speak to the men? Your wife is home and your wife is cleaning the dishes, cleaning the house, cooking your meals. While you are over there spending your resources and your time and your promiscuity with, I don't know, Miss Hootie. What's going to happen to your marriage? It's going to die. Would it be so bold for me to say you're cursing your marriage? You say, where do you get that from? How many of you know the story in the Bible where Jesus is leaving and he's going toward Bethany? Remember this? Mark chapter 12. You can look it down or you can make a note and read it later. Jesus is walking towards Bethany. Remember, Jesus comes across a fig tree. Do you remember this? And the fig tree is not producing any fruit. No figs. The fig tree is standing upright. The fig tree is obviously being nourished by the ground. But the fig tree is not bearing fruit. Jesus, let's look at this. Mark 12, they'll throw it up there. Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. Other translations say that Jesus cursed the fig tree. What's going on? What's up with Jesus killing a tree? I've heard scholars wax eloquently over this thing. Some scholars say, you know what? Jesus, he must have just been having a bad day. Come on. Other scholars, I sat in a class one time and I heard a professor say, Jesus was obviously hungry. Or as we might say, hangry, right? He's hangry. And I understand their attempt, but I believe it is completely wrong. Here's what's going on in Mark chapter 12. Jesus 
curses the fig tree because the fig tree was breaking this cycle that I'm talking about, this cyclical system of reciprocity, which communicates you must feed what church? That which feeds you. You must bless that which blesses you. And the moment you break that cycle is the moment that area of your life is doomed. Or like I said, you might even be bold enough to say cursed. This is why, by the way, when I talk to some of you and you tell me about the seasons in your life when you cared for a dying mother or father... That it was one of the most invigorating, special moments in your life. You say things like, I've never worked so hard. It was utterly exhausting. It costs a lot of money. And yet, if you've cared for a dying parent, you know that there is a high that comes with that. A beautiful, exhilarating experience. Why? Because you are blessing and feeding, and in some cases, literally, right? Literally feeding a dying parent. You are feeding that which fed you when you couldn't feed yourself. You are diapering a parent of someone who diapered you when you were peeing all over the place and making a man projectile throwing up there's something powerful about this principle of reciprocity feeding that which feeds you so let me just talk to you about a way in which I want to call you to live out 2 Corinthians 3 12 and then and then I'm done The Bible says, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are what? We are very, very bold. Can I invite you to do something bold with your life today? Yeah? Can I invite you to make Vision Day 15 a sacred, momentous occasion where maybe for some of you, for the very first time, you did something that stretched you and made you bold Christ. Reach in the chair in front of you, in the book rack right in front of you, and pull out this little card, unless you're in the front row of the balcony or the front row down here. Reach in to your basket and pull out this card. If you're on the front row, if you're not, like I said, it is in the book rack in front of you. Again, you must feed that which what? I want to talk to you in closing about three ways that you could do something bold in 2017. Here's the card. You're going to see it up there. It says glory to glory on the front, glory to glory, Vision Day 15. And then on the back side it says, I am committed to. Here's where I'm going to invite you to do something bold. I'm committed to, number one, celebrating in weekly worship. Celebrating what? In weekly worship. I make no bones about it. 
I believe God-fearing, God-loving believers worship Christ Jesus every Sunday of their lives that they can. Can I get an amen from those who believe it? But do you know what the sad reality is? Listen closely. Pew Research comes out with studies, outreach magazines. There's all kinds of studies out today. Letting people like me, and now I'm letting people like you know this. Do you know that the average Christian in America now worships less than twice a month? True. And I say never ever amongst the people becoming known as New Hope Church. You say, why do you say that? Hebrews 10. Write that down. You can read it later. Hebrews 10, 25. The Bible says, do not let us get of the habit. Let us, let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us all the more meet as the people of God. Amen. Amen. So we are going to go into this next season. And I'm going to invite you to join me in committing to being in worship every single Sunday so that God's glory gets all over you and you get out in the community spreading glory to glory to glory. Look at this verse in the Bible, Exodus 34, 29. <clears throat> when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hand... He was not aware that his face was, what? Help me out. Radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Hey, come on, come on. Can you catch a vision of every single Sunday you're in the house of God? Can you catch a vision of leaving church every single Sunday and the radiant glory of God being all over your face? Can you catch a vision that you are going to be in church every single Sunday unless you are on vacation or you are sick? Of which I have good news for you. Starting today, like right now, I need to welcome them. Welcome to New Hope Church. Starting today, we have launched a new ministry called Live Streaming. Which means, yeah, which means when you are homesick, you can actually log on to the website, newhopechurch.org, click on the red bar across the top, live streaming, and you can experience this in your home. Yeah. Or, or when you're on vacation. Now, can I tell you something? We hesitated to do that. And you know why. Do I not know you? Raise your right hand. Swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. Dear Pastor Benji. Come on, come on. Dear Pastor Benji. I promise that I will not be a slackard. Stay home and experience worship on my computer Unless I'm vomiting or have a fever or I'm traveling on vacation. In the name of the Father and of the Son. I'm just kidding. It's not for us to break Hebrews 10. It's not. Even in this technological day, 
Let us be a church that still runs to the house of God every Sunday, engages the word of God every Sunday, engages the body of Christ with flesh and blood and leave with the radiant glory of God all over us. Amen. Amen and amen. Here's the second thing, and I'm going to spend very little time on this because we just spent two weeks on it. But I'm calling you today to do something bold. And if you weren't here and you missed this, you can go to our resource center today and buy the entire series. Or maybe you were here and you want to listen to it again. I just finished a series called what, church? Right on the money. And we talked about not just honoring God with the biblical tithe, but we talked about all of our money and how to get out of debt and how to plan for the future and how to live on a certain amount and how to honor God. But I'm calling you today, unashamedly, I'm inviting you to do something bold and say, you know what? I'm tired of playing games. I am going to honor God with the biblical tithe. And the verse that I want us to look at is, One that we looked at last week, and we'll just read it ever so quickly. But look at what it says here. Malachi 3. Go, bring the whole tithe into the... That there may be food in my house. Now stop right there. Bring the whole tithe. Where? That's the church. You know the number one question I got this week over and over and over. Hey, pastor, but what if we give money to other nonprofit, charitable, missional organizations? Does that count? You know what I said? I'm going to tell you exactly what I said to all the people who asked me. That is above and beyond your tithe. That is above and beyond your... Amy Lynn and I give to all kinds of things. We give to some of you when you come up to us and you're doing certain things outside of the church. That is above and beyond the tithe. The Bible says, bring the what? Whole tithe into the that's the church that there may be food in my house again I'm going to move on real quickly but we're going to show you a video in just a moment and in that video you're going to see all kinds of praise reports there's going to be lots of staff members actually quoting the dream really blessed me I watched it last night for the first time and to see staff members quoting the dream that's on the wall out there just blessed me But every time you see a stat or a praise report, and this is all from 2016, by the way. Every time you see the best of 2016, and every time you're moved by that video, I want you to think this. There's food in this house. There's food in this house. There's food in this house because this house is led and served by some of the most generous people on the planet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for those of us who are honoring God, we're inviting you to come and join us. If you think God has done something great with us in the last 15 years, just imagine what he could do with all of us. If we made a commitment to be in the house of the Lord every Sunday, we made a commitment to honor God with our tithe. FYI, and then I'm moving on. You'll never really honor God with a biblical tithe unless you go online and set it up as reoccurring giving. I mean, you might be a little more disciplined than me and most people, but go online, reoccurring giving. It is the way to honor God. That way it's done every single month and you don't have to worry about it. Here's the third thing. Look at your cards. I'm committed first to celebrating in weekly worship, contributing the biblical tithe, and here it is, connecting others to his Glory, spreading the glory of God wherever you go. In your home, hello. 
in your HOA meetings. Oh, God, HOA meetings need the glory of God. In your workplace, in your cubicle, I'm committing this day and asking God to use me to connect others to his glory. 2 Corinthians 3.15, out loud, really strong. Last verse of scripture I think we're going to read. Ready, go. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. I shared with you earlier that the veil, not only is it a biblical reality, it's a metaphor. Remember? It's a metaphor that communicates when we're covering ourselves with the veil. We're in the old covenant. We're in the law. We're spiritually immature, if, you're, if you will. If we let Christ cause us to remove the veil, we move into the new covenant, the covenant of grace, and we move towards spiritual maturity and boldness. Now, come on, guys. How many of you men? Let me talk to the men for a moment. How many of you, when you married your wife, she wore a veil? Show of hands, show of hands, show of hands. Quite a few, quite a few. My wife wore a veil. And I saw her coming and I thought, hmm, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I did. I really did. And I, and I couldn't wait to take the veil off, right, so that I could see her more fully. We're getting ready to go into a marriage series next week. Some of you, when she came and you saw the veil, you couldn't wait to take the veil and some other things off. But we'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about that in the marriage series. Stick with me. Come on, come on. The church is the bride of Christ. Follow me. The church is the bride. And in the same way, if your wife wore a veil and you could not wait to remove her veil and, and, and say those vows and kiss her and commit her, in the very same way, the church is the bride of Christ. And might I say to you today that it is time. It is time for us to remove the veil and step into boldness. It is time for many of you, you've been playing games with God long enough. You've been a spectator. It is time for you to move from a consumer to a contributor, not just financially, but all of the above. It is time, if you will let the Holy Spirit of God remove the veil so that your life can join my life, and we can move from what? Glory. To what? Glory. To glory. What's the vision, church? What is the vision? Reach. Who do we want to reach? People. Lost people. All people. We exist to reach them. Now, here's the question. Why do we reach them? No. I love you. Somebody said it. We don't reach them to teach them. That's a part of it. But we reach them for his glory. We reach people, all people, of all colors, of all socioeconomic levels. Regardless, we reach people for his what? What's the next part? Somebody said it. Good job. Teach. What do we teach? The Bible. The Bi but why do we teach them the Bible? Yeah, you're with it. To the glory 
of God. We teach them so that their lives can embody and exude like Moses, like 2 Corinthians 3, Paul is saying to the church in Corinth, the glory. And what's the third one? We release people to live their lives to the glory and the honor of one. And his name is Jesus. I'm calling you out. As your pastor, I'm loving you enough to invite you to step out of the shadows, to come out of the grandstands, if you will, and get on the playing field of allowing God to touch your life and use you in a movement to bring greater glory and honor to Jesus Christ. And if you will, I can promise you it will be the very best decision you have ever made in your life. It's time to do something boldly for God. 2 Corinthians 3, 12. Since we have what? Such a hope. Let us be, what was it? You remember? Let us be what? Very bold. Think about this. Don't head for the doors, please. We're going to watch a video and then we're going to worship. As you're watching this video just think, this is a time for you to deal with God and God to deal with you. You just marinate in what you've heard today and consider making this a bold, bold day in your life that God might get glory in and through your life. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We dream of a church that shines brightly as a beacon of faith, hope, and love in the Carolinas and beyond. A church that is made up of real people who actively lead others to a real Savior and meet real needs as they are compelled by a real God to do so. We dream of a church full of people who have hearts for God and are so contagious in their authentic Christian life that non-believing, de-churched, and unchurched people are drawn to experience Jesus for themselves, many for the first time. We dream of a church where people know that they are loved because they know how to share their needs with each other. They know how to pray for each other. They know how to support and encourage each other. And they know how to spur each other on to be all that God intends them to be. We dream of a church where discipleship is taken seriously and people deeply desire to grow in their knowledge and experience of Jesus. We long for a church where people grow spiritually, putting their faith into action, using the gifts and talents that God has given as they seek to fulfill His calling upon their lives. church where spiritual gifts are discovered and deployed for God's glory.
where leaders lead, administrators administrate, teachers teach, and caregivers give care. A church where people with mercy gifts offer mercy, and people with hospitality gifts make all feel welcome. A church where all the other spiritual gifts found in the Bible are effectively utilized as God calls people to use them. everything happens as a result of diligent prayer and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Where people humbly go wherever God leads for His glory and for the benefit of needy and unbelieving people. We dream of a church where young children are raised in a relevant children's ministry so that the faith they come to know will enable them to grow to maturity in Christ. A church where their continued experience of Jesus Christ will carry them through the turmoil and challenges of adolescence and young adulthood because they've seen the authentic Christianity lived out by the adults who surround them. We dream of a church where people expect to encounter God in worship and wait with excited anticipation for the next opportunity to gather together. of a church that refuses to be ingrown or self-focused. A church that's respected by all because it breathes hope and life into this world as it meets needs and transforms lives. A church that is so caught up in what God is doing that it generously shares its resources with those in need and with other works of God around the world. We dream of a church. We dream. We dream. We dream. We dream. We dream. We dream of a church. We dream of a church. We dream of New Hope Church. Thanks for being a part of this week's podcast. If you have any prayer requests or praises, we'd love to hear from you. Just email our pastors and staff at prayers at newhopenc.org, and we would love to pray for you. If you'd like to support the ministries of New Hope, just stop by one of our campuses or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. We hope you'll join us next week for the podcast and thanks for being a part of our church family.